0: What's great about the Your Stake tool is that it has quantitative measurements. It is quantifying different elements with all of the available data to really evaluate these companies with very specific metrics. And I I think that as a scientist, as you know, a data-driven person, that is really important to me and, and it really shows the impact and again the transparency that you're talking about with this research.
1: This is Money Conscious from Millstone Evans Group. I'm your host, Sasha Millstone. Join me as we discuss investing, financial planning, and life. Visit us at MillstoneEvansGroup.com and thanks for joining us. Welcome to Money Conscious. Today I'm excited to be interviewing one of my colleagues. Brad joined us about eight months ago now and um, tell you a little bit about him. Sometimes a person has an aha moment during their career where they discover a new passion and they realize it's time to make a change. That's what happened to Brad Tuck, who joined us. In early 2022 as our team's director of financial planning and environmental, social, and governance research. But from 2008 until that time, Brad worked as a geologist and a project manager on many projects all around the world. So what was the turning point that made him decide to refocus his career? Brad's passion for financial advising grew out of a personal experience he was looking for planning for his own family and had difficulty finding someone he could trust so being a scientist he did some research and ended up registering for the financial planning program at the boston institute of finance and ultimately passed his cfp exam What started as a part-time financial advising position just for friends and colleagues turned into a job change. Brad joined the Millstone Evans Group after he realized it was a great fit for him to be able to help clients with their financial planning needs and that he could also leverage his decade plus years of experience working as an earth scientist in doing ESG research. He credits the meticulous aspect of science with enabling him to bring a more scientific approach to financial planning and ESG research. Welcome, Brad.
0: Thank you for that wonderful intro. I'm happy to be here.
1: We have a lot to cover today, but I wanted to start on the same theme we were just talking about. You made a major career transition from geologist to financial planner, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about that experience and how it impacted you.
0: Sure. Yeah. So I was going through this process, as you mentioned, um, for myself and my own family, and largely I was doing it myself for a long period of time. And then once I had kids and things got much more complex, I realized that I needed to dive more into getting some professional help. And I had some mixed experiences working with insurance companies that, you know, doubled as financial advisors as well as people from my 401k plan that were helping me out. But then once I talked to a friend of mine who is a CFP and I learned a lot more about that opportunity, I went through the full planning experience with him and I was just fascinated with the fact that, you know, you can build these comprehensive plans that really help with every aspect of your personal finance which, you know, varies not just from your investments, but also your insurance policies, your employee benefits, you know, taking advantage of any tax efficiencies and didn't have an estate plan and needed to get that addressed. And, you know, all of those things just really made me realize how much I was missing and, and uh was really just fascinated with the whole process. And I did have a background, you know, in from education and economics, as well as, you know, some of the sciences I studied. And then I, I did do a business program, a master's program. So I had some foundations that were relevant. And I realized that it was something, you know, if there were a lot of people that needed this help that weren't getting it, including a lot of friends and family I talked to, and the more I researched it and, and went through this process on my own, I realized it was something that I just was much more excited about than what I was currently doing.
1: I think because you've benefited so much from your personal experience with financial planning you learn to take a problem-solving approach that's pretty unique in my experience even from the first meeting that you have with somebody and I wonder if you'd talk about that a little bit
0: Yes of course so I think for me the process is really about learning about people's situations you know what's important to them what excites them what their goals are and Based on their situation and their background and their family environment, I really want to know what I can do to help them achieve what's important to them. And so I get as much information as I possibly can in order to address their challenges.
1: One example I can think of just that happened recently. You had the coolest meeting because you were with a family that brought in their teenage sons and you are real-time doing education planning.
0: Sure, yeah, that was a really fun experience for a client that we work with that has kids that are nearly going to school, and it was a really fun opportunity to help them get a better idea of some colleges that might be a good fit for them. So we worked through some of our um, programs, and, and we were able to help them get a better handle on you know, what what schools they may want to apply to and, and what that could look like financially.
1: I think we were using College Aid Pro for that meeting. And I have done a podcast about that, explaining how useful it is and how it opens up the possibilities for college planning in a way that hasn't been really done so far. Tell us a little bit about what the kids did in the meeting.
0: This particular meeting, we wanted to get them familiar with the tool and the process. And we got them familiar with how they can manipulate different scenarios where they can look at different situations with their finances or their grades and how that might impact expected costs for different schools and help them determine a number of schools that maybe they hadn't thought of before. And they were really excited about having the opportunity to play with this tool themselves. And so it was an opportunity for us to explain how everything works and then let them have some time where they can spend looking at it and then we would revisit with them on it.
1: Specifically, were you, what were you doing? Were you putting in their current grades and then maybe how their test results would work out and seeing what colleges might provide financial aid
0: yeah, so the way the software w- works is that we were able to put in their family financial information as well as all of the students' grades, GPA, SAT scores, and even you know their address has an impact on schools and what the costs might be for them. So we put all that information in and then we were able to hone in on which schools may provide them with scholarships, which schools would absolutely provide them scholarships based on that information, as well as you know where they might get some additional aid that potentially some local schools or schools that were initially on their radar aren't going to provide for them.
1: I think that's what's so unique. And I think people are, in a very positive way, so surprised when in 30 minutes they can put in their information and they can get answers about where they might get a very good deal on schools or what schools might be really appropriate for their particular interests, et cetera. It's a a very wonderful program. I love it. I talked earlier about the fact that you're heading up ESG Research for us. And we have a new software tool that you've been working with, putting a lot of energy into, called Your Stake. Can you explain how we'll use Your Stake to help our clients personalize their investments according to their values?
0: Your Stake is an extremely powerful tool that enables us to look at individual investments as well as funds, portfolios, and see how they are performing on various ESG metrics. So it incorporates over 100 metrics that range from you know health, environment, um, accountability, human rights, and you know really able to dive in to see how their portfolio is performing versus benchmarks or versus alternative portfolios. It's something that we're able to work with them by getting an idea of what their value set is. A lot of other tools don't have the same value alignment that your stake has, which really drew us to that particular tool. And what it does is with some behavioral questions, as well as some additional discussions with the client, we're able to see where we may be able to make improvements that are more in line with what is important to them.
1: So using yourself as an example, could you tell us a little bit more in depth about how you would do that? How would you actually hone in specifically on values? How would you search for good
0: matches? Sure. So with most of the questionnaires, including my own, there are usually a handful of values that really rise to the top. And so say it's really important to you that you want to make sure you're investing in companies that are environmentally responsible or you're wanting to invest in companies that, you know, even don't have Russian exposure or or companies that have minimal human rights violations or more diverse boards that include more gender and, and racial diversity, you're able to look and see how different funds perform based on all of these different metrics. So once you're able to take a look at that, you can then compare it to some alternative funds or stocks or Bond options that better support how your values are aligned. And I I think, you know, most importantly, or equally as important, is that you can also analyze the financial impact of those changes in the portfolio. So, you know, we're able to come up with portfolios that have good value alignment but still have very strong performance.
1: I think that's a very unique way of analyzing. I don't I'm not aware of any other tool that exists that we can actually hone in so clearly on what do you care about what's important to you that you're supporting or not supporting and then create the portfolio and then test and see if there's anything we can swap out that still matches with your value set but produces even a better return I love that it's really exciting do you want to maybe talk about any experiences that you've had so far that surprised you with this tool?
0: So I I think a combination of what surprised me about this tool as well as some of the adjacent research that I've been doing is just that you're able to really live out what's important to you every day. And I I think something that didn't fully register (laughs) earlier was that A lot of people think that, you know, they'll give back when they're wealthy or give back when they're retired or they've got more time to volunteer and things like that. But what has really been amazing to me is how you can have an impact every day with, you know, where you put your money. And, you know, equally important, I I think, you know, in a capitalist society that we live in, A lot of times where you direct your assets has a really big impact. You know, government and regulations policies can be slow. They can be changing. But this is something that really has a a direct and and oftentimes lasting impact.
1: Before you started working with the Melstone Evans Group, you weren't focusing much on ESG in your practice. You've talked a little bit about what you find appealing. We're about to launch this exciting new technology platform, how do you see integrating it into your practice and into the company's practice?
0: Sure. I think as we get more sophisticated with the tool, we can integrate it with a lot of the previous work that we've done and all of the other existing work that we're doing in terms of which funds we're working with and why, and really getting a a deep understanding of which funds do the best to align with specific value sets that being said it's it's been really interesting to me and i think it's going to really resonate with clients from a lot of the research i've been doing is that you know companies with solid governance and missions and more sustainable business models are really giving themselves a competitive advantage and we see this with a lot of industries that are somewhat new on the radar up and coming much more innovative and they have the potential to drive really significant returns as well as you know have really big impacts on how employees are being treated or chemicals that are being dumped into water supplies or air quality and human rights and all that. So I think the more and more we use this tool, it's going to allow us to more effectively analyze funds. And also, when we talk to fund managers, we're able to ask them better questions, more probing questions around companies that they're holding and why and what types of things they're doing to improve the governance of those companies?
1: Well, we know that ESG means something different to everyone, and it is very critical for us as advisors to understand the client's perspective and what their priorities are. I think what you said is really important too, that we want to provide clients with more and more opportunity to have an impact on what's important to them every day not just in their vote or not just as a consumer but with directing capital towards their investments and feeling a lot of confidence in the information that they have that they've made a portfolio that corresponds with you know the difference they want to make in the world in fact i just had a conversation this morning with a nonprofit I work with, with the board, and they were telling me that before they decided to go ESG, which was this year, there were people on their board that felt very strongly that ESG would not perform as well as a non-screened type of investment. And their really thrilled with their flat performance for the year, which is a victory. But what they love the most is that their assets are not performing any worse than non-screened assets. And I think that investing in companies that do business this way, you might actually end up getting better performance. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think no doubt moving forward and you know currently that that is the case and and if you think about a long-term investment approach companies that are performing, you know, running a good business, running a responsible, sustainable business, looking into the future. I often think about, you know, being a Canadian hockey player growing up, you know, where is the puck going? And and I think that a lot of the ESG fund managers do a good job of of looking forward, looking for companies that are going to have fewer regulatory legal hurdles, fewer issues. They're not going to be in the news for <laughs> negative issues all the time. And these are the types of companies that people want to own, that people feel good about owning. And as more and more people direct their capital there, they're going to outperform. And I, I think, you know, that said, it's interesting to see that with some of these new potential SEC regulations, which are going to hopefully require companies to disclose more information and data on climate related risks, greenhouse gas emissions it's going to level the playing field for standardizing this information and allow companies, people like me, people like the funds that we invest in do even better research to find companies that have fewer risks and fewer long-term concerns and are going to be driving growth moving forward.
1: That's a really good point. I'm very excited to see these new requirements come into play because I think there's still too many times when companies make announcements of a goal that they have or something they are planning to do, but there's no follow-up with facts. And even in their reports to investors, they don't have measurements. So I think that's going to really help us to move the field forward when we can have a a better understanding and a more clear picture from companies of exactly how does it make a difference for that company when they put these ESG policies into place there. Where do you see ESG trends headed in the near future, medium term?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Sasha. And I I think um, a couple things I touched on. One... Tools like your stake are providing much more transparency and providing an opportunity for researchers and financial advisors to communicate much more clearly and easily to clients. And I think that that will result in additional accountability that isn't necessarily being felt. And I the uh, potential SEC regulations I, I mentioned, it will be again, very interesting to see how that moves because that could and will likely have a very big impact on, again, transparency and helping researchers more effectively compare business risks between companies and industries. I was reading recently that consumer demand for ESG funds and ETFs and products is is so strong. I think a lot of people have seen the exponential growth, especially over the last decade. Um, But it is showing that roughly half of all professionally managed funds will have some ESG element to it by 2024, which really isn't very far away. And that should make up, you know, 80 plus trillion dollars of assets that are are going to work to support initiatives that are important to people.
1: I love that. And as a longtime practitioner, The idea that we really are getting so close, we're we're really there where we can provide transparency. It's not a black box, and people don't have to just wonder if this is really happening, but we can provide specific answers for specific areas that people care about is going to be a very huge positive for the the whole industry.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, Sasha. And I I think... Again, what's great about the Your Stake tool is that it has quantitative measurements. It's not looking at arbitrary, subjective elements. It is quantifying different elements with all of the available data to really evaluate these companies with very specific quantitative metrics. And I, I think that as a scientist, as you know, a data-driven person, that is really important to me, and, and it really shows the impact and, again, the transparency that you're talking about with this research.
1: Brad, I know in your research work, you've been talking to some of the managers of funds about the advocacy work that they're doing, working with companies. I'm wondering, did you see anything like that when you were on the energy side? Did you have any experiences where pressure or requests were coming from outside entities for you to do things differently
0: that's an interesting topic because a, a lot of the fund managers i talk to it's it's interesting for me to see that it's not just about excluding companies that they don't feel are you know adding to the ESG portfolio that they want but it's also about trying to have an impact on the companies that they do hold, so they want to hold great companies, but then they also still want to continue to keep those companies feet to the fire and accountable. And I, I think, you know, one example from when I was working in in oil and gas was that we would hear from our investor relations team, and we would hear from management, and in certain instances about what we could do to improve our ESG standing and make us more competitive with our peers. And I saw, you know, tangible impact where we would start looking at some additional air quality monitoring measures, or we would start looking at ways to better recycle water, or looking at ways to consider using our skill set for looking at geothermal energy, which has a lot of Similar technical aspects as oil and gas. So I think those sorts of things were really, really interesting to me. And now seeing it on the other side has been very, very interesting to me.
1: Well, thanks, Brad. I, I appreciate you spending the time with us today. I enjoyed talking to you and I'm looking forward to seeing some of the research that you're going to be putting out for us over the next year. Thanks for listening to Money Conscious visit us at MillstoneEvansGroup.com. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Sasha Millstone.
2: Sasha Millstone is the president and an investment advisor with the Millstone Evans Group, a registered investment advisor located in Colorado. All opinions expressed by Sasha and her podcast guests on this show are their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the Millstone Evans Group. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.